welcome to the Conversations That Matter podcast. I'm your host, John Harris. This episode is sponsored by Gold River Trading Company. You can go get your Gold River green tea, mint tea, uh, great tea. I drink tea uh, in the winter, and there's some summer varieties coming out soon by going to Gold River CO. Dot com. That's goldriverco.com, pro-America, pro-Western Civ, pro-Christianity, anti-cancel culture, employing American workers. That's what Gold River Trading, uh, that, that's what they're about. And uh, they are a company that shares your values. So go get yourself some good, I like the, the mint tea. That's what I was drinking last. Go get some Gold River mint tea at goldriverco.com. Put in the promo code CONVERSATIONS at checkout. That's CONVERSATIONS and you'll get a discount. Now, I want to talk today about uh, a number of things, and it's going to be a short episode, but it's going to be a news roundup. And so I want to start here. Let's talk about some big things, and we'll go to more specific things going on in social justice. We are going to talk about Gospel Coalition. We are going to talk about uh, Grove City College and a bunch of things, but here's some big stuff. So um, Union Pacific curtails fertilizer shipments, delaying deliveries, and preventing new rail orders from being taken. This has been picked up in a number of different outlets. Uh, a leading global manufacturer of hydrogen and nitrogen products today informed customers it serves by it, it serves by Union Pacific Rail Lines that railroad mandated shipping reductions would result in nitrogen fertilizer shipment delays during the spring application season, and that it would be unable to accept new rail sales involving Union, Union Pacific for the foreseeable future. All right, let me cut to the chase here. Um, fertilizer isn't going to be available for many farmers. That's and I don't know how many. I don't know to what extent this is going to be bad, but. Uh, it's regulations, regulations on shipping, uh, I guess, fertilizer. And that's the issue. The company was told to reduce its shipments by nearly 20%. Well, that's just great. During planting season, farmers can't get fertilizer. If farmers are unable to secure all the nitrogen fertilizer that they require in the current season because of supply chain disruptions, such as rail shipping restrictions, the company expects yield will be lower. You won't have food. That's and here's the thing you hear over and over. Oh, Putin is causing a, a global famine. Putin's causing a famine. Putin's causing a family and famine. And meanwhile, they're doing this. Our own government's doing this. Well, we we're going to limit the fertilizer farmers can get. Oh, Putin's causing a famine. Um, I'm not going to be blaming Putin when there's a, a shortage in America of food. I'm going to be and, and I, the same goes for fuel when our hands are tied by these environmentalist types. Um, anyway. Uh, make sure that you, I'm only bringing it to your attention, make sure you have food, make sure you have emergency food. It's always good to have. In fact, I asked my wife this morning, I said, I know I bought some years ago. Have you seen it? <laughs> Cause I know we've moved around pretty sure we have it. Uh, we got to find it and maybe I need more. And that's something that I would just let you know about plant food but right now, be self-sufficient. We've got to be self-sufficient. We got to be as off grid as we possibly can that, and, and that just, it makes sense whether there's a catastrophe or not, but especially if there is, we need to try to be self-sufficient. We can't rely on the things that have been stable for us our entire lives. Um, and that's just wisdom. Uh, here's another uh, headline. The White House is not planning to delay lifting Title 42. Title 42 was a public health policy that limited immigration uh, in, in, for health reasons. Uh, March 2020, under President, former, uh, P- President Donald Trump, it was used to minimize the spread of the Chinese Communist Party virus. So, that uh, is being lifted, which means that we have uh, 600,000 illegal immigrants to deal with the projected surge in migration with the end of Title 42. 600,000 are just going to surge. Okay. We have major issues at the border, major issues, worse than I think it's probably ever been. And 
Uh, and this is because of policy getting us here. Again, this is policy. Public policy is what is causing these issues. So we're going to have an influx of illegal migrants coming in at a time when we're going to have potential food shortages. Uh, not a good, um, not a good recipe there. This is something else. And this, this I, I was debating whether to share this, but it, it affected me a little when I saw it. I haven't watched a lot of this guy's videos, but I, I was sort of aware of him, Gonzalo Lira. And I haven't been able to confirm this completely, 100%. Uh, it seems like it's true, though. I knew this about him. I, lis I, I listened to like part, I, I never listened to a full video of his, I think, but I've listened to like parts of probably like maybe two or three of his videos. And I know he would, he was paranoid. Like, that's what it seemed like, at least. Like, they're going to kill him. I've been up for nights. If you don't hear from me, it's because uh, I was doxxed by, I think there was some British newspaper that doxxed him. Um, I, you know, he was, he was waiting for the moment. Well, he, he would say things like, if I don't post in the next like 48 hours or 24 hours or whatever, like, uh, it's because, you know, I've, I'm either trying to get to a safe place or I'm dead or anyways, he hasn't posted for like, I think it's like six days now. And the last person he had a podcast with, uh, said this, um, Gonzo Lira, a Chilean social media influencer who resided in Kharkov, Ukraine, and who published online content critical of the Ukrainian government, was kidnapped, tortured, and murdered by the Kraken unit, part of the Azov Battalion, affiliated with Ukrainian security services. Now, for those who don't know, who haven't been following this, the Azov Battalion, there are pictures of the Azov Battalion that look like this. Yeah, there's neo-Nazi connections here. Um, that's not a myth. That's actually, that's actually true. Um, and so apparently according to the, and the thing is, I don't know for a hundred percent. I don't know. It, maybe there's an, I'm hoping this isn't true, but it, it seems to be, uh, possible, very possible. And, um, I, I just thought I would take this as an opportunity more broadly speaking to just mention that I have been following the stuff with Ukraine and Russia. I know I made a series of podcasts in a row and then I stopped. I didn't talk about it anymore. And I, I feel like I've said my piece for the most part. And I still feel that way. I've said my piece. What, what else am I going to say uh, to add to the discussion? People have filtered into the groups of who they want to listen to. And I will not listen at this point. I've just, I, I, I've listened already and I've just found them not to be trustworthy, but I won't even listen to most talk radio hosts on this. Um, I won't certainly listen to the Fox news coverage on this. Um, I, I'm still doing the same things I was doing before pretty much. And I want to look at what's what are the primary sources saying that we can get a hold of. Um, let's compare them with one another. And by the way, that does mean you might have to read some some Russian stuff. And oh man, it's biased. Yeah, it pro it is. So read the biased Russian stuff. Read the biased Ukrainian stuff. Read the bi you're already getting the biased Western media stuff. So try to figure out the truth by. And if all you have are biased sources, then you filter through all of them and you try to, to get from all sides as much as you possibly can. Um, if, and, and here's the thing, um, I, I don't, I don't want to be long on this, but, uh, the thing is I, some, there, there are certain levels of bias like CNN and MSNBC. There's such a level of bias there. I'm like, I, I just wouldn't even, I wouldn't listen to them for anything. There's just no, nothing worthwhile there. I don't view that. I don't view Fox that way. I don't think that like there's nothing valuable there. I just know on like this particular issue, uh, they have a narrative that they're trying to weave here. And um, 
And 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 I know that if you uh, if you're reading like what the Kremlin's putting out there, they obviously have a bias. They obviously have a, a narrative that they're trying to put out there, and the Ukrainian government and our government. Um, there's also observers on the ground, and I followed uh, a few of them. I still follow one of them in, in particular, and I've I've comparing all of these things to each other, thinking through what human nature and what seems plausible and what uh, and knowing a little bit of the history of this. I have nothing to backtrack on in my analysis of this situation. I don't trust the narrative. I just don't trust it. I've been more solidified in my mind for my mistrust of the of the prevailing narrative. And again, it doesn't mean I think Putin's this really great, awesome guy. And I agree with everything Putin thinks. And he's this paleo conservative from Russia. And no, I don't think that about him. Uh, I just know that Ukraine is not this pure as the driven snow uh, government that's just fighting for democracy and freedom. Uh, that's that's not the case one bit. Uh, I feel sorry for the people on the ground. I do on both sides, really. Um, even the pe- people in the in the um, portion of Ukraine that identifies with Russia more, I feel sorry for both. Uh, they're they're caught between governments who couldn't seem to negotiate here, and that's the big tragedy. But um, when I see when when stuff like this happens, it pokes an eye, uh, po- pokes a needle in the eye of the prevailing narrative. You know. If this if this is the kind of behavior that gets it's sanctioned, then how can you can you call it a democracy or a freedom loving democracy? It, it gets hard. It's a YouTuber, you know. That's who it is. Uh, so anyway, um, I just I thought I would mention it. I I, I was just like, oh man, you're kidding. Uh, and, and I didn't necessarily even agree with everything Gonzalo Lira said. I don't even know everything he said. The few things I did hear from him seemed at least semi-reasonable. He was he was on the, he was one of these guys that was on the ground saying, here's what it looks like in my neck of the woods, and Ukraine's a big place, and there's a lot of things going on, and a lot of moving parts, and he was one of those guys. And uh, if, if this truly happened, then that's a, that's a tragedy. Um, it's a reminder, though, going along with the theme here of the food shortage, of uh, the illegal migration in our country, and then seeing, and this is in another country, but seeing, uh, I think, where things are going in the West in general, and are and are going to come here, where there's there's not going to be free speech. There is going to be consequences for political dissent. Just prepare yourself. Prepare yourself as much as you can L- with whatever resources you have, whatever skills you need to get. You need to gain. Uh, maybe you might need to learn another language. Maybe you you might need to um, think through an escape plan. Maybe you might need to think through. Uh, and, and I'm not, this isn't like sky is falling paranoia. This is just common sense things you want in place anyway. But I think this moment is just impressed upon me more how important those things are. So make sure that you have a plan. Now, uh, let's talk about this. Florida Senate passes bill to strip Disney of special district after company's opposition to um, the parental rights law. And uh, there are some people, I just want to say this on, on Twitter, even conservatives apparently saying this is wrong. Uh, you know, what if like the governor of California, I think Jenna Ellis said, what if the governor of California did this to uh, Chick-fil-A? Um, yeah, I don't know that Chick-fil-A is getting any benefits from the governor of California that I'm aware of. But the issue, I just wanted to point this out to everyone. The issue is not Florida is punishing Disney. The issue is Disney's gotten a big break from Florida taxpayers that it, it was a perk that helped them uh that help them do business and and make a bigger profit. And all that's happening here is like we need a better level playing field here. It's not it this isn't against the free market. This is for the free market. We don't like corporations and the government in bed together. That's not a conservative thing. 
And, and so I just wanted to clarify that because I, I think there was some confusion over that. Uh, now, uh, let's move on to this next one. I, I want to give you some good news because you hear a lot of bad news. How's, how's some good news? How does that sound? Professor who wouldn't use trans students' pronouns wins $400,000 in a settlement. A small public university in Ohio agreed last week to pay one of its professors 400000 after it rebuked him for refusing to use transgender students' preferred pronouns. Shawnee State University in Portsmouth, um, roughly 85 miles south of Columbus, warned Nicholas Merriweather, a philosophy professor, about not using pronouns. Merriweather, who is an evangelical Christian, filed a federal lawsuit against the university contending that the officials violated his constitutional rights by compelling him to speak in a way that contradicts his religious beliefs. The settlement of the case followed a three-year legal battle that ended last year. Praise God, Dr. Merriweather won this case. That is a good, good thing. So, um, anyway, that's uh, that, that, that I thought was a really good silver lining here. Now, I want to talk about some things that people have asked me to talk about. One is this, introducing the good faith debates at the, Go- the Gospel Coalition. The Gospel Coalition has a really high-quality video here. They've done a bunch of debates, and they're, um, they're broadcasting these debates. They, they, they put some resources into this. And A.D. Robles, I think, did a really good video about this. Um, what Because he, he, a lot of the things uh, that I thought, I think he thought, with what is this about? People have asked me to comment. Well, here, here's one of the things I have to say first off the top. The debates haven't been released. <laughs> so I don't know fully what to say to you other than I'll tell you my suspicion. My suspicion here is that they were forced to do this. They had to do this because people like AD and myself and others have made the case so many times that the Gospel Coalition is moving with the Overton window. They are moving away from the conservative Christianity that, um, not just politically, but even orthodox theology that would have characterized uh, reformed evangelicalism before them, and they're they're moving things in a politically progressive direction. And that they're, they're one-sided, they, they're always um, trying to critique one's tone, and, uh, and that becomes this big thing that, and you can't, you can't be mean to other people, you can't, uh, you know, Telling them they're wrong in too harsh a way is just it, that's wrong, and uh, and so this kind of would handle that in a way. I mean, you think about it, if they did this right. Well, look, look, we're demonstrating what tone to have. We're showing that we have a big tent here that you're included if you're a conservative Christian. Because look, you can be on either end of the firearms debate, or you can be on either end of woke church or pro-life or any of these things, and still be in. You can still be part of uh, these. Are, these are worthwhile debates, and they're they're kind of like in-house debates. These are the acceptable positions within Gospel Coalition to have. To which I say, wait a minute, uh, woke church, that, that would be an acceptable position, right? And that's just proof in my mind, like the, the fact that that's even a debate that, I mean, I'm not saying that's not a debate that needs to be had, but the idea that this is prem, this is a good faith debate. These are you know, both good brothers coming together or sisters or whatever, coming together to debate this. Uh, here's a question one of the debates. Is woke church a stepping stone to theological compromise? Well, that's not even, it's not whether or not it's a stepping stone. Woke church is a theological compromise. That's the whole issue. That's the whole issue. It's not whether it's a stepping stone. Um, it is a theological compromise. That would be a better debate to have. And, um, and, and to even ask to frame it that way shows like, well, there's room for disagreement here. I'd say, no, there's no room for disagreement here. That's the problem. Um, if you're going to be an orthodox, consistent Bible-believing Christian, you got to reject woke church. Uh, so, so that's, that's the kind of thing that we're critiquing. And, um, I noticed on my own Facebook and I, I wasn't quite clear. I'm going to do my best to address this, um, 
I, I, what I think the objection is, but I, I notice Scott Klusendorf, who I respect a lot, uh, really value his pro-life stuff. I've read his book, listened to many of his debates. Um, he's part of this one with Karen Swallow Pryor. And, and the way that Colin Hansen sets this up is the debate is, should the pro-life movement be holistically womb to tomb or narrowly womb focused? Which I, 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 I haven't seen the debate. So it's, it's, I, I can't weigh in on the debate, but I can, I can certainly say that the way that this is framed is, is not good. Um, being pro-life, it shouldn't be, it's not just about the womb. It never was just, well, we're just pro-life, which means we just care about babies in the womb. That's, that's the smear that's used against uh, pro-lifers. It's, it's actually more that we are against murder. That's the issue. And the attempt by people like Karen Swallow Pryor to be holistically womb-to-tomb pro-life uh, is to broaden it, uh, the pro-life movement um, by inserting issues that aren't just about murder. And so that should be the issue. Maybe that is what they debated. That's just not how it's set up here. And so I think Scott Klusendorf might have thought AD's video because I had posted it and he, he left a comment that I wasn't I wasn't 100 percent sure what it meant. But I think there was a perception that like everyone in this series was used if they like like if they um like they, they were just being the conservatives were like the dumb conservatives or the conservatives who are. Uh, guild approved and were set were set up for failure or weren't going to represent conservatives right and, and I have no doubt Scott Klusendorf represented conservatives well on this issue um, so that was never the issue in my mind I think Scott Klusendorf probably likely won I think the issue is more what is by having these debates what is the gospel coalition trying to signal what are they trying to communicate about themselves and about about debating in general and about uh, about um, it really, I guess, just about themselves. What, what, what is the purpose of, of doing something like this? And uh, I think, um, I, I suspect at least, that what we're going to find when we watch these debates is uh, there's going to be some level of disagreement, um, and there's going to be, uh, but but it's going to be in such a way that, um, and, and the pro-life one might not be the best one for this, but like something like the woke church, perhaps, it's going to be in a way that affirms like, oh, yeah, like you can be totally like Orthodox Christian and, and also believe woke church and like it, sort of accepting people who believe these things as well. Like that, that's a normal thing in evangelicalism to be like Karen Swallow Pryor, womb to tomb pro-life instead of focused on the, the murder issue uh, alone, which is what the pro-life movement was about initially. So so that's the issue it's, in my mind It's the normalization of those things. And then, you know, trying to perhaps engage in a, a pretending that, well, like we, we are, we're open. We're, we're certainly open to these other views when, when in reality it's, it, you have to look at gospel coalition as kind of like a, it's a, an organization that shifts with that Overton window. It's, it's in motion. We're not looking at a, um, an organization that's like rooted in like, this is our, um, this is our belief. And, and we're just here to advocate this belief and we don't ever, uh, move away from this belief and no like they write on all kinds of things that are outside the scope of their broad doctrinal statement and and they're they're with the intention of shifting things towards the left that's the issue here so that's i think it, it's with that experience it's with go listen to ad robles podcast um on the rise and fall of the gospel coalition and you'll see what i'm talking about like there's a whole the gospel coalition has like a whole strategy in my mind over time watching this pattern of shifting evangelicals to the left gradually all right uh hopefully that satisfies those who asked me to comment on that i want to talk about this grove city college just released yesterday a or no it wasn't yesterday i guess oh i guess it was released yesterday but it's from april 13th 
a report by the special committee investigating the wokeness at Grove City College. Let me go through some of it. They say Grove City College has not changed its core convictions. They, um, that critical race theory does conflict with Grove City City's College reputation. And so they get into some specifics. Um, they said, our striving after justice and its object, the common good, should be rooted in divine revelation and natural law, not in critical theory. Couldn't agree more. Uh, so they're against critical theory. He says, we do not recommend imposing a speech code banning books or canceling speakers because they want to have academic freedom, but they do have some recommendations. Um, they said that the uh, course Education 290, which was this woke course, was ideologically one-sided and effectively promoted popular CRT. Uh, they said that they were aware of, um, what is this, DM, DMEI, the Director of Multicultural Education Initiatives, uh, was, uh, let's see, they're aware of the DMI's, uh, EI's work on racial issues and viewed his activities as an attempt to carry on a conversation about a challenging subject of interest to some students they did not understand. And they're talking about um, the supervisors of the director of multicultural education. They did not understand that he was par parroting CRT concepts, that these supervisors uniformly say they would not have approved that. So here's the thing. Uh, and this is showing what is wrong with a lot of Christian institutions. They didn't realize that that was CRT. They did They had no clue that uh, CRT was being promoted. So there's, there's ignorance among a lot of the people that are in charge of, you know, woke stuff was happening because the people in charge of it didn't know it was woke. And that, so there's a big lack of discernment uh, at the higher levels in some cases. At least that's what the report says. President McNulty informed the committee that the advisory council has served its limited purpose and is defunct. That's the president of the school. So that was one thing that they've already gotten rid of. Um, it was an advisory council on diversity, and that was defunct. They got rid of that. Um, the DMEI supervisors did not preview or pre-approve the content of his co-curricular presentations and materials because they trusted his judgment. So again, not being naive. Um, let's see. They, they think that the office, let's see, what is this? The, oh, da, da, da. the OMEI, what was that? Uh, I think that's all office of multi-ethnic initiative or something. I don't, anyway, it's an office that was accused of promoting woke stuff. They, they said that office should be basically reconstrued. They, that, that needs to be, uh, there needs to be a, a cleaning of house there. Uh, re, re, reconstituted and renamed to focus on the important, uh, work of student assistance. Uh, they talk about Jamar Tisby coming and that, uh, basically the defense is that like, well, Jamar Tisby wasn't like he was in 2019 as he is now. And that, of course, that's not really true. Jamar Tisby might, he's more radical perhaps, but he was pretty radical in 2019. So I just don't buy this, but they're saying most of those in GCC leadership with whom we spoke observed that the Jamar Tisby that we thought we invited is not the Jamar Tisby that we heard in 2020. Yeah, I'm not buying that one. Uh, they allow that in hindsight, inviting Mr. Tisby to speak in chapel was a mistake. They say when asked about his vision for chapel speakers who talk about racial reconciliation, the chapel said that reconciliation is an important biblical theme. So they defended the other ones, which I, I made a montage and I put it on this program. And you can see that there was a lot of woke stuff apart from Jamar Tisby. I did a whole thing yesterday on um, one of the uh, the uh, speakers, actually, and, and the woke stuff that was said on campus. By deleting the word conservative from the vision statement, the board did not intend to redirect, let alone betray the college's historic identity. Um, so here's President McNulty advises that he will execute the following actions. They're going to replace the Education 290 course with an elective. So they're going to get rid of the woke course. Uh, they are going to go through approval process for special studies courses. They're going to require any faculty member submitting a request for a new course to, exp uh, to explain how the proposed course is consistent with their mission and values. Uh, let's see, what else? Subject to resident assistant training manuals 
uh, are going to be reviewed. They're going to require the Director of Residence Life to provide clearer direction. Uh, the Office of Multicultural Education and Initiatives will be reconstituted and renamed to better fit their mission. They're going to they're going to have increased oversight over chapel programming and have scrutiny over that. Uh, and they're going to the uh, recommend that the board consider restoring the college's self-description as a conservative institution. That's uh, that's what the board that investigated is recommending. And then they praise. McNulty saying his faithful, steady, and tireless leadership and the state of the college is in many ways healthier because of him and that they're still one of the most conservative colleges. Well, that's not a statement about Grove City. That's a statement about how dismal things are out there <laughs> they're the, if they're one of the most conservative colleges. Uh, and I'm sure they are in many ways, but uh, yeah, compared to what? So President McNulty's faithful, steady, and tireless leadership. It, I, I'm, I'm just, I'll be honest. I still have this suspicion here. Like no one's been fired, <clears throat> according to this at least. They're not recommending any of that. It's just like, we'll do better. That's all this is. We're going to do better. And time will tell. That's the only thing I can say. Time will tell. And speaking of time telling, um, Joshua Abatoy, the next day. Earlier today, or actually yesterday, the, earlier today, the GCC board released a clear and fulsome report about what needs to be done at Grove City College. I just learned last night that they, <laughs> Grove City College displayed some of the clearest evidence of its mission drift, though. This is happening at the same time. Interesting timing, to say the least. Last night, the Grove City College College Democrats hosted an event on LGBT allyship. Therefore, they distributed a flyer below, which calls on people to always ask and never assume what pronouns someone uses and to wear your allyship with pride. The GCC College Democrats live stream the event. It's on Facebook. Watch the video for yourself, but suffice it to say the viewpoints platformed are significantly uh, clashing with the college's stated allegiance to historic Christian teaching and human sexuality. Uh, and he says this event was hosted on campus by the fund and funded by uh, the student group was funded and they advertised with posters approved by student life. Yet we know that some posters weren't approved. For instance, a poster by uh, the, a student there, I guess. Uh, I, I mean, I think you wouldn't you have to be a student to try to get something approved on the campus. That's my guess. Grove City College wouldn't print this poster. And it's, I guess it's a poster to go to crt at gcc.wordpress.com. So um, they wouldn't approve that, but they will approve this. Yeah. Uh, and anyways, he goes back in time and shows that they've had a problem with this. And um, yeah, follow Josh Abatoy if you want to know more about this kind of stuff. But um, to me, hmm, oof, pretty bad. Uh, I... We're going to have to watch Grove City College to see if uh, if that stuff is, is um, going to change. So anyway, God bless. Hope that was helpful. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. 
all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.